listening to the Nightwork Pod. I'm Julius Caesar Macquarie and I'm an anthropologist. Nightwork Pod focuses on night workers and the lives they lead, awake and alert at night whilst the majority sleep. This episode is based on the talk that I gave at the 2020 European Association for Social Anthropologists. I was delighted to be a participant in the first virtual 2020 YASA panel on Ethnography Beyond the Looking Glass. I presented the work that I have been doing as part of the Night Workshop project designed to research nightwork communities in urban spaces. In this talk, I focus on the use of the body in research and the use of cyber-ethnographic methods to capture the sensorial experiences of a researcher immersed in night ethnography. The audiovisual methods that I have used to bring this information to the mixed audiences include short ethnographic films and this podcast series, The Night Work Pod. The three short films, Invisible Lives, Nocturnal Lives and Night Shift Spitterfields, are available to watch on Vimeo and YouTube or go to www.nightworkshop.com dot myportfolio.com We have uh, Julia Cesar Macquarie. Yeah, okay. Thank Go you. Ahead. Hello everyone and, and thank you Roger and um, and uh, Denise for, for bringing uh, together this excellent lineup. I'm delighted to be part of this first virtual YASA uh, panel on ethnography beyond the looking glass and present the researchers uh, night workshop methodology designed to research the night. Of course, I'd prefer to be face to face with you rather than talking to a camera like everybody else, I guess. Um, today's presentation um, reflects on the methodology, mixed methodology that extends beyond the night walking and capturing images and sounds at night. It examines the contribution of ongoing reflections on new methods to collect, produce and convey knowledge about corporeality and the rhythms, noises and and, and thoughts of the night um, and lives of the night workers in big cities. If you could start the uh, uh, show read, please, uh, and uh, I'll, I'll let you know when to stop again. I'd really appreciate it. So big cities, it's, uh, it's about the people uh, usually invisible to the dominant journal eye and the mind. So the research methodology workshop, it offers a conversation. It's a ground for conversation between text and image social scientists, ethnographic filmmakers, and the audiences. It's a bodily method um, uh, of inquiry and a mode of interpretation that takes critical distance from the world and the people that I have been studying at night. So the audiovisual outputs are designed to engage the public with their hidden lives through films and podcasts, as you see in the show reels, engaging uh, field uh, researchers from, from those cities where um, we started with the night laboratory. Um, so from now on, um, I'm going to break the presentation in two parts. The first part, I focus on the embodied aspects of the research immersed in the field. And the second part, I give the uh, near and on the ground sort of visual storytelling of my night shift workers. As you see in the image there, there's a, there's a park attendant um, that we interviewed in Istanbul. So in general, in my research, the bodily performance of, of precarity in the insider position added an experimental, experiential dimension, which I continue to develop. And uh, so I use the body as a methodological tool to investigate. So we go out, as you see there, that's an image from Yasa 2016, where we had two night uh, laboratories there. Um, as seen in the showreel, the, the researcher's night workshop is, is thus built on many nocturnal workshops Welcome that we conducted in cities like Budapest, Istanbul, London, Milan, Moscow, and so on. Can you stop it here, please, Roger? Could you stop it here, please? Yeah? 
great. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, as uh, anthropologist Dazings would, would have it, uh, we, we offer this experience near and on the ground ethnography or night laboratory. So, um, in, during this research, I'm the tool, I'm the method of my investigation to understand this worlds of other people up at night. And uh, it explains why I appear both as the receiving container of this sensorial information and, and, and then I share, as I do now, via words and images to bridge the gap between the visual and the touch senses. So, for example, when I did uh, one year field work, uh, night ethnography in London's uh, near Spitalfields Fruit and Vegetable Market, I was uh, rewarded uh, to be a participant observer rewarded is one way to put it but perhaps very challenging year of doing night ethnography among precarious workers with whom I shared the same precarious conditions over the, the whole year so uh, this kind of research is, is, a, is a personal it's a subjective affair whereas a research I'm immersed in situ and body and mind and uh, and um, it's it's basically about an experience which I can I can talk at length elsewhere. But if if you just start this vignette, it will show you my first night shift uh, experience. Uh, midday. Um, I'm recording this after um, being uh, away for twelve hours for a night shift. It is the first uh, official night shift at the New Spitfield Market. I have uh, spent there. Uh, nine hours and a half uh, on the shift from 1 a.m. to um, uh, 10.30 a.m. Um, physically I feel uh, uh, pretty exhausted, um, very slow, uh, functioning uh, bare minimum. I'm about to have my breakfast at 5 to 12, 12 midday. All I want is the bed. I'm just um, thinking of, of sleeping. Um, not being able to conceive that I need to write a note. So this kind of audio diaries, as, as you saw in this vignette, if you could pause it there, Roger, that would be great. As you, as you, as you see in this vignette, uh, some participants find it hard to articulate, so it helps to, to keep these uh, audio diaries on, on my own experience as a researcher at night. And, and try to reveal the depth and the nuances that are quantified by using the pedometer. So the slide before, it's showing a, a pedometer that I recorded the distances uh, and the space, and I included that in the analysis and, and trying to make sense of the sort of hardships that, that the workers were going through. And, and that slide, it shows you that in one night I did 16 kilometers of walking, which later I found out the other workers were subject to, and I understood the sheer uh, experience of that. And when I uh, when when it, it comes to analysis, the researchers' night workshop uses uh, a vacant uh, vacant sense of, of uh, success factors. So, as social animals, we we have we assemble the wilders, and we try to construct a logical system to understand the environments. It's a set of behaviors that respond to the expectations of others. And as sentient beings, uh, we feel and, and suffer in the process. We hone our skills so that we perform better the next time we engage in similar actions. So all the knowledge and skills that we accumulate is sediment in our bodies. And equally important, the knowledge must be situated in this context, which uh, right now I give you the, as, as a fruit and veg market, uh, open six nights a week. So it's a field in which we've learned it. And if we want to use and reuse this, that there must be um, uh, the same context where they were learned. And in order to perform um, highly and without thinking or as second nature. A more familiar term uh, describing the 6S factor is, is habitus. 
but uh, we'll not go into that. What I would like to point out to the uh, right Mills explains that intellectual craftsmanship is about exchanging conversations on the actual ways of working that emerge emerging researchers uh, such as myself best hone their craft with. So in this vein, these sensorial experiences in terms of senses, skills and, and, and suffering, plus the visual and the cyber ethnographic material that um, are crafted in, in this um, workshop um, bridge mind and, and body to restore lacunas in social sciences broadly and increase visibility of anthropologists' role in migration studies and, and, and uh, media studies. So, so being that in the first part I focused on the bodily method, in the second part I would like to um, uh, reflect on, on, on how we can use these digital methods uh, producing films, podcasts, audio diaries, um, together with the social research agenda proposed by anthropologist Deborah Lupton. Uh, the following key questions on how to continue anthropological fieldwork in a post-COVID world could serve as prompts for the later discussions, though it's pretty uh, busy to, in today's panel, so we might leave this discussion for later. But as prompts, uh, one of the questions is what, in what ways digital methods, smartphone applications, respondents, audiovisual diaries and, and the visual components could provide the methodological framework of research in the new post-COVID context? where face-to-face -face research is becoming problematic. Another one would be what research methods can we use to understand more than just representational dimensions of people's lived experiences? And the last would be which of the relevant attributes can be captured by combining embodied research with cyber tools to reach out to social groups that experience marginalizations or to focus on their well-being. So the visual ethnographic component in my research is a multi-layered tool that presents the researchers with certain advantages in creating space for and to focus on methods that allow the co-participants to speak through images to mixed audiences and to increase their pre presence in the brim of the on the the brim of of uh, mainstream uh, consciousness as as it comes with the case of of night shift wor workers often invisible from political agendas and public debate so one advantage uh, on the other hand of using cameras is that it turns the lens on the researcher uh, it does take a, a critical stance here from those who whom I study and those I, I see uh, or read about. And uh, I, I, I want to understand first, what is it that I'm, I'm looking at, right? And, and second, what I see as real, is, is it near to the reality of the people I study in that particular landscape, for example, night market or, or um, migration studies. So um, I, I found this underlying imagery useful on the one hand to check how I as a researcher portray the real characters that I spent working nights with, so that it is congruent with the reality of the conditions in which I found them. And on the other, uh, how my how migrant night workers whom I met uh, in the nocturnal landscape of the night market differed or not from the ones who we see in the tabloid media or politicized messages from actors who portrayed migrants as villains, health tourists, thieves, and migration crises as reasons for making freedom of movement, for example, um, less free to attract electoral votes, for example, from those holding anti-immigrant views. Another advantage would be of visual tools uh, in social science research is that uh, it guides the viewer towards a certain standpoint of analysis in a gentle, non-prescriptive manner and at the same time allowing for multiple interpretation by the uh, wider critical public to create a greater impact. This, this kind of uh, tools would uh, are useful in teaching, communication of findings in mixed format, narration of text with audiovisual material like 
in this presentation. So this way appeals to mixed audiences engaged with the range of issues facing post-industrial uh, countries today. And uh, whilst thinking of how to approach the social research agenda for post-COVID uh, world, scholars could explore, explore using such me uh, mixed methods in uncharted contexts through larger studies in the area of migration, refugee crisis, poverty, lack of education, rise to decent work for female male migrants around the world and inequalities between locals and migrants. Uh, and for myself as a researcher, the quest is work in progress. So, uh, so far I documented on real, on screen, uh, the lives, you know, those real lives that I encounter in field work to illustrate the visual methods uh, that allow, um, the visual methods that bring to surface uh, those those invisible uh, lives, uh, the real life. So in, in this sense, a film trilogy um, that I put together, uh, an invisible nocturnal and, and sleepless lives, um, though it doesn't hold itself as an exhaust, exhaustive account of, of how migration is depicted in the cinema, it, um, it shows that the three uh, short films together uh, illustrate uh, how we could use the visual methods to complement enacted ethnography and, and provide insights into demands of, of a contemporary society living 24 seven. Uh, and by the way, participants in this panel, if, they, if you'd want to watch uh, my latest film, Night Shift Spitterfields, can drop me a message to share the link and password. Uh, if you, if you, I'm happy to do that. The, the film has been selected for the Workers' United Film Festival, so that's why it's not widely available yet. Um, but interestingly, some of the real lives uh, fail to become real stories. So for example, the example during the pandemic, uh, night laborers proved to be as essential as ever, but unlike the daytime frontline workers who have been suddenly thrust in the spotlight, night workers still remain invisible. So without my camera, I could have not framed and portrayed the co-workers co and even engaged them as I did when I have shown them the photos. For example, they were willing to, to appear in those photos that you, you saw in the montage, but they refused an interview. So that's a clear advantage of a researcher using photo video uh, in, in their research. Um, in her forthcoming publication, Nikelska Sekula investigates the way migrants and their descendants uh, exercise transnational belongings in new and ancestral homelands. So she also found that behind the value of photography, there are two key aspects to learn from, the process that triggers social relations and the sensory experience of fieldwork with equally powerful messages to words. So as, as final remarks, uh, an important aspect is, is the fact that I cannot say with certainty that these methods will damage the image of the participants, but I can make sure that I give the participants the right to disappear with every possible opportunity. And as final remarks, I would say that using uh, Using a digital approach does not reduce the relevance of, of traditional, as, as, uh, as we, we heard earlier, traditional ethnography in, in terms of uh, relevance to research. Digital methods do not replace face-to-face -face interactions. They complement and even compensate for the lack of opportunities to carry out face-to-face fieldwork. And using audiovisual methods in night studies, for example, bring new possibilities for engagement with the public. The combined methodological approach symbolizes the close relationship between the visual and the touch senses. And what I wanted to do today is to convey the significance of the body and experiencing and understanding the world that we research. So especially when researching the night, when the researcher is alert and, and awake all night, needs the body uh, as, as his primary tool and in, in investigating. Uh, I used cyber ethnography to objectify the sensorial experiences like the, the, the slide I showed with the pedometer, which I put on in a visual form to present the research findings and to create digital storytelling about migrants working the night shift. And, and the trilogy, The Invisible Lives, Nocturnal Lives and Night Shift Spitterfields, 
and the Nightwork podcast uh, series, they, they bring together the empty engage with various issues about Nightwork and mixed audiences. This is really important in trying to reach uh, mixed audiences. Um, um, the experience that I built through working with the two co-filmmakers and the main protagonist, uh, co-participant in my latest film, have taught me invaluable and practical and theoretical insights. And one is to stand back and let participants give the field perspective by encouraging them to record audiovisually the scenes as they see fit and rely on tools of visual sociology to construct social messages. And, and um, keep in mind the images are everywhere, as Pink would have it, and, and that the power of the image offers the space for interpretation of multiple meanings and fascinating endings, endings unlike with uh, other methods. And, and the core message here is that we experience the world that surrounds us with our bodies and through the senses, and, and while at the same time we use our eyes to receive and transmit these messages. And these messages, you know, the message is a window into a reality documented through research before the camera captures that lives outside of the film and, and that represents it to an audience and, and lives long after the researcher has left the site or the film set. So I'd like to close with the words of uh, sociologist in migration and ethnic studies, Marco Martiniello, who argues that mainstream research approaches to migrations are too often policy driven. And that is, it is really encouraging to see researchers using visual methods in migration studies in a complex way on a, on a very intricate set of social issues, the one performing the total social phenomena that we call migration. And I would like to say thank you for your attention. You've been listening to Night Work Pod, a podcast about working the night shift. Night Work Pod is produced by me, Julius Caesar Macquarie. I created Night Work Pod between London and Budapest. If you like what you heard, there are a few ways that you can help me out. First, tell all of your friends in real and digital form, journal or nocturnal, about this show. Review the show on Apple Podcasts.